Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, a fun fact. This podcast was actually born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. Yes, that is before Substack was even born. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too, especially if you like this podcast. It is a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes to beauty products to books to tools to truly anything that excites us, like an Instagram post we saw and just can't stop thinking about. We send it every Monday, except for some holidays that we take off, like sane people, and it is free. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Strulo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will give you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. We have an amazing guest thingies today with Jesse Hempel, who you may know from her really just good reporting and writing about business and tech. But now you're going to know for this amazing book she has coming out called The Family Outing, which you will definitely be hearing about if you haven't heard about it already by the time this episode comes out. But first, I wanted to talk about TikTok, please. So now you have been using TikTok is what I hear. Yeah. So I think I said this on a previous episode, but I was an unlikely holdout because I'm really I love social media or I'm not even love, but I'm just like easily addicted. And you are looking for deep cuts. Oh, yeah, exactly. Which is where, what led you to TikTok, <laughs> which is how I ended up there, which is why I finally fell in the hole. I held up for a really long time and only recently did I fall in it. And I'm sorry to Instagram, but the reason I realized I might like TikTok was because of Instagram reels. And then so then I left Instagram for the content that you I know was what? getting. I feel great about that <laughs> because all that Instagram has done for the last yeah. however many years is mm-hmm. rip the best features off of every other platform. Yes. And this worked the opposite way. Yes. They were like, here's this good feature. And you're like, oh, I know who does it better. I was like, oh, this is what's appealing. So basically, Instagram started serving me reels of Harry Styles concert footage. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy this. And I know where you I can find know. more of this. <laughs> well, you I just had your thought, phone up and started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> just hadn't occurred to me. So then okay, I traveled yeah, okay. over to TikTok and started searching for Harry Styles concert footage and obviously was served it up on a silver platter and really enjoyed it. And 
this was the first time I ever got into TikTok in a real way besides just like opening it and then immediately closing it or having people text me things. And so I've watched it a lot more in the last month and I've developed a little bit of a habit, although I will say something that's I can't quite explain about my relationship with TikTok is that I don't find it as compulsive as Instagram. Like I don't Mm. automatically open it. I don't like open it without realizing I don't open my phone to text a friend and then somehow like find myself. Yeah. Without without having intended to. I do, however, end up on it for a long time as like TikTok is designed to do where you're just like, wait, how long have I been scrolling looking at these videos? But the thing that I realized about TikTok that helps me understand Gen Z's relationship with it is that I think, and this sounds insane, I think from a mental health perspective, it's weirdly one of the better social media platforms. And the reason is that on TikTok, you are being served people that you don't know. It is all Mm. strangers and it's all their drama and it's all their gossip or their weird food hacks or whatever, which for me anyway, it seems healthier than trying to dissect the lives of people you know and decide whether or not they're better or worse than your own or figure out how you can do as well as those people are doing or just sort of interpret someone's highlight reel. There is some distance between you and all these people you follow on TikTok that I think makes you less inclined to do to engage in the comparison game. I think that's fair. I will say that I think the like not other side to that or but maybe like counterpoint mm-hmm. is because of the way that algorithm works it just keeps feeding you more and more of anything you engage oh, yeah. with and i think that it's like very it's easier perhaps to get sucked into something that like maybe it's like a healthy eating tiktok that's oh, leading yeah. you down a diet hole that's leading you into a pro anna community like i For think sure. that funnel is like a real aggressive scary thing on that platform I agree completely. I think I mean, TikTok is has all of the dangers of any social media platform and any Internet, really, just like. Period. Yes, yes. And I, guess, I guess I'm like, it's fast there. It's real fast. Yeah, you, for like, the sure. Quicksand, the quicksand is a real thing. And 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 it's also, you know, ignores the fact that plenty of people get really invested in strangers and it's like very easy, you know. <laughs> yeah, you went there to watch. This is how we get back footage. to Harry Styles yeah. fandom, right? Is like people getting way too invested and emotionally impacted by total fucking strangers plays into the same thing. And, you know, which came first, I'm not sure. But the entire tone and aesthetic of TikTok is a lot less picture perfect than Instagram. Yes. And yes. I think that, you know, I do like that. That lends itself to that same feeling of like, we're not all just comparing and trying to be like one another. I will say- Well, it's not a competition. It doesn't feel like a competition. And Instagram feels like a competition, right? Yes. And so it's strangers you don't know. So you're not, you're not, you don't have enough of a sense of what their life is to be able to compare yourself in a meaningful way. And then their clothes are all over their floor. And- they're probably talking about something their husband did wrong. You were telling me about a good TikTok follow. Mm. Oh, gosh. OK. I only follow about, I don't know. Well, because like it's not about people. following it's, people yes. either. That's not the thing. But I, I do. But I do need to populate my feed with a few follows so that, again, I'm training the algorithm. And so that I know that when I open it, there's something I can go to if for some reason I don't want to see a pig, a baby pig eating a snack. <laughs> I don't know what that reason would be, nor do I. But I'm just I, just in case. 
So I get fed a lot of people, especially in the wake of the Don't Worry Darling drama, got fed a lot of amateur, like pop culture experts, amateur experts, right? Doing Mm -hmm. these really very self-serious analyses of Harry and Olivia, of the Don't Worry, of of anything and everything. And they just are so confident and their delivery is so great. This woman, her handle is Molly B. McPherson. She was in crisis communication. She, She maybe still is. And she basically does actually very informed commentary on pop culture PR strategies. So she'll be like, here's what I think they did wrong. Here's what I think they did right. Here's what I think they'd need to do next. She definitely needs to be a correspondent on one of the morning shows or The View or something. She just she does actually know what she's talking about. And she's like, here's why I don't like when people do use, use that strategy. And like, here's what I think we need to do. Now. And it's a great it's great insight. It's very informed. Like we always talk about how we like jam session the celeb gossip podcast because they're coming from an informed place. And this woman is very informed. It's clear she's been running these playbooks for a while. And it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, that's delightful. That feels like an answer. Okay, good. I want to follow that. Beyond that, I don't get like my I'm looking to be brain dead and entertained when I watch TikTok. And so a lot of these sort of like informative accounts, like I'm going to show you how to make a fancy egg salad. I'm like, who has the patience or the time or the focus to watch this entire recipe on TikTok? Not me. No, that's not for me. Recipes there are not for me. Not for me. I will watch like things being made in factories, like things poured into molds. Mm, yeah. You've seen that? Yeah. yeah those are yeah, those yeah. I find to be satisfying. You know, like the Mr. Rogers Crayon episode, mm, but for totally. adults. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm interested to see where TikTok takes me. I I know that there's a huge part of it that I'm missing. And I, I hope to be exposed to some more beyond just Harry Styles stan culture, which has been its own learning experience. Like I I've read my fair share of pieces about Stan culture and never fully witnessed it on the scale that I have in the comments of these TikToks. And it's, you know, wild, wild, wild. Mm -hmm. Um, Should we bring our guest on? Let's do it. So Jessie Hempel is a prolific tech writer and she's the host of the podcast Hello Monday, which is all about how work is changing us and how we are changing work. And her memoir, The Family Outing, which Claire mentioned, is out tomorrow. Listen to this description. By the time Jessie reached adulthood, everyone in her family had come out. Jessie is gay. Her sister is bisexual. Her father is gay. Her brother is transgender. And her mother is a survivor of a traumatic experience with an alleged serial killer. Damn you want to read this book. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to bring Jesse on. Hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you and to talk to you. And you've, we've just been following you for such a long time. And there's so many projects you've worked on over the years. We've been so excited about, but this book, The Family Outing, oh my God, you have to tell us, give us the story of how this came to be and how you decided to write and tell this, this book. I mean, it's a reasonable question, given the fact that if you've known me for any length of time, you've known that I'm a financial technology writer, which means that Mm -hmm. I'm like super comfortable with, you know, balance sheets for corporate entities and the evolution of artificial intelligence at large companies like Google. Like that is the stuff that I- Really emotional, personal stuff. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So then, yeah, the book is actually a very mushy story about my whole entire family coming out of the closet. And that doesn't make sense on first pass, pass. But let me tell you something. In the spring of 2020, there was this little thing called a pandemic and it did mm. everything for me. I was working at this tech company. I was host of this podcast that I loved called Hello Monday. I had a great writing job, but the world went dark and it went quiet. And I was, well, at first I was living in Brooklyn with my wife and my little baby. And then we kind of freaked out because 
I don't know if you remember March of 2020, but like all of a sudden, the only sound we could hear outside our windows was sirens yep. and birds. I remember the birds. And I think there might always have been birds in Brooklyn, but there was also the other noise. And when the other noise went away, there were just birds. And we started to get increasingly nervous about what was going to happen. And we got into our car and we drove to my mother-in-law's house in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm. It's an 18-hour drive from Brooklyn to Tupelo with a dog. And, and babies baby. love drives. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's when I learned that screen time is totally fine and it doesn't matter what age. Like, mm-hmm. it's totally fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> but, you know, I got to Tupelo, Mississippi, and it became clear we were going to stay not just for a week, but maybe for months. And we did stay for months. And I, you know, at first I did the, I don't know, did you do, did you, did y'all do any of the, like, Zoom coffee dates and mm-hmm. oh yeah, and yeah. there was like yes. a couple of solid weeks of like Zoom. mafia game yeah. with groups mm-hmm. yeah all yoga of it. Zoom yoga I totally mm-hmm. thought I, I was still do Zoom about. yoga listen <laughs> right well that lasted like two weeks for me and then I was over it and I wanted to talk to no one and the only people that I talked to consistently in fact every day were my family members. And y'all, this was so weird because if you had known my family when we were much younger, you would have thought that we were the kind of family that would never keep in touch. Mm. There was a messy divorce. There, you know, nobody got along. Everybody was annoyed with each other all of the time. All we wanted to do was get out of the house. And I started to be motivated by this central question. Like, why do we get along? That makes no sense to me. Why do we get along? And in fact, why in this moment are these the people that I'm reaching for? So that is the like big lofty stuff. But then there was another side of this, which is that I became kind of terrified that I would need a plan B. Now, in Mm. April of 2020, most people I knew were terrified that they would need a plan B. My wife was a social worker. She ended up being laid off during the pandemic. There's just a ton of job change. And my amazing literary agent very perceptively said, you know what, now's a great time to pitch a book. And I started to think about tech books and business books because I like tech and business. And she was like, nope, I want you to think about the thing that's scariest and most audacious to write and write that. This is a good agent. Mm -hmm. She's so great. And so I cobbled together a a proposal. Like, this is what I could imagine doing. I want to interview everybody in my family about coming out of the closet because I think that the fact that we all figured out how to come out of the closet has something to do with why we get along now. And I want to try to tell the story of my family. And she was like, great. I have a great title. We're going to call it The Family Outing. I'm going to- That is a great title. Again, I mean, I I know, I know, I know. She really brought that. And I'm so grateful. It was like, we never thought about it again. We were like, oh yeah, cool. There you go. I don't even know what the book is yet, but the book (laughs) is going to be that title. And I- we sold it very quickly and I got to work writing it. And somehow fast forward to October, 2022, and here it is. Amazing. And how are you feeling on the eve of it coming out? Are there nerves? Terrified. Yeah. <laughs> has your family all read it? So my family has all read it. I did something which everybody recommended that I not do, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, first I interviewed everybody. Right. Then I wrote the story and it's a very personal story that attempts to have five main characters. I am the narrator in this book, but I thoroughly endeavor to sit you in the experience of each of my siblings, my parents, and then I let them read it as we went along. Mm. As you went along? 
as I went along. Yeah. Well, I mean, wow. I would get to the end of a chapter and I would think this is the chapter and then I would pass it to them. What kind of notes were they giving? Well, they ranged from my dad. This is really good, but you need some more about me. Let me just give you some more material <laughs> about me. I don't think you've really gotten me enough. Let's spend some more time on me. It's very in keeping with my dad's character. Yeah. And I say that with all of the love in the world. He's like really interested in himself and he should be. He's an interesting guy. You know, to, you know, at various points, every family member was like, that's not how it happened at all. That's not <laughs> right. how I remember it at all. Mm -hmm. Because you also tell stories of things where you weren't there yeah, and you're piecing things together from, mm -hmm. you know, their their experiences. Yeah. And I really did do that. And they they gave me leeway. First of all, I think, you know, 20 years of life as a journalist has made me somewhat sophisticated at figuring out how to recreate an experience accurately that I was not a part of. And there is the actual figure, physical accuracy of an experience. And you try for that. And then there's the emotional accuracy of an experience. And that is the thing that I really look to nail. Well, and you have to do a lot of that, too, because you're not you've got your five main characters, but then you're talking about your grandparents, too. And you're talking yeah. about extended family members and having to piece together their stories in order to piece together your story. Yeah, exactly. And friends and mm -hmm. girlfriends and all of this. Right. Changed a few names here and there. Yes. And that helped. Yes. That totally Listen. helped. And tried to be as honest as I could with the reader as I went along that, like, this is just the best I know how to do. Like, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. And I, I'm just going to tell you that before you call me out on that. Like, this is, this is a story that I have about my family. And look, huge things just weren't right. There were things that I didn't remember at all that happened. There were things that I remembered, but they just happened in totally different times, sometimes totally different decades. And then there were things we never quite agreed on. And in the end, like the benefit of bringing my family along at every turn was that they allowed me an access to their interior lives, all of them, that I don't think I would have had otherwise. And that strengthened the story. And in the end, there were very few things that anybody asked me to take out. In fact, I'm trying to think if there was anything. I mean, there were a couple of things that, you know, my mom would be like, take that out. And I would say, well, no, I, I kind of need it to tell this larger story. And she would usually generously say, okay, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get mm -hmm. it. And I'm okay with you telling your story. Yeah. This conversation about memory and you, it's certain things that you couldn't remember that you remember totally differently or that, you know, the way that memory works is reminding me so much of David Carr's mm -hmm. book, The Night of the Gun, which I just loved and I thought was just like such a strong work about, you know, his own life, but about memory and addiction and relationships and all of it. I mean, the thing is, memory mostly fails us if we look for it to be an accurate recounting of history right? They don't yes. necessarily have that much to do with each other. But when you plumb memory for emotional experience, you, you just, you grow in interesting ways. Totally. Thank you so much to Allstate Identity Protection for sponsoring today's episode. I have to say there are so many things that I lie awake at night worrying about. And you know how they always say that it's never the thing you're worried about that's actually going to be the thing. Well, for me, that thing is like basically just any sort of digital hacking. It's always the thing I forget to worry about. It's always the thing that 
I don't take the necessary precautions for, and I really should, which is why I'm so excited about Allstate Identity Protection Insurance, because basically they've got your back with this stuff. They're like covering you for it. They're also helping you out when it happens. They're helping you make sure that it doesn't happen. And I just feel like this is the thing that I need to just check off my list of things that I'm going to not worry about because I don't do the things I need to be doing. So it's nice to have this one little thing that I am doing. You've got to check out Allstate Identity Protection, the best of identity protection from a brand you can trust. So much of life is logging into our digital lives, and that's why Allstate developed an identity protection product that protects your digital life just like they do with your physical life. With Allstate Identity Protection, they'll reimburse up to $1 million for out-of-pocket expenses, lost wages, and legal fees, and they'll also cover money stolen from your bank account, 401ks, HSAs, and tax returns. At Allstate, they've been protecting the things people love for over 90 years, so they'll monitor you to help keep you safe. And if identity theft ever occurs, their U.S.-based customer care identity specialists provide expert support 24-7, 365, with an industry-leading 98% satisfaction score. You can enroll your entire household under one family, spouse, kids, parents, in-laws, all for a flat rate. And if you think the identity protection that your bank provides is enough, think again. The reality is that most financial institutions act only after fraud occurs rather than preventing it. Having comprehensive monitoring and coverage from AIP helps stop identity thieves in their tracks before any major damage is done. So when you think identity protection, think Allstate Identity Protection. To find out if your employer offers Allstate Identity Protection, head to AIP.com slash a thing or two. And if they don't, get a 30-day free trial at AIP.com slash a thing or two. One last time, that's AIP.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Lust Brands for sponsoring today's episode. As you likely know, I have incredibly curly, thick, coarse hair, and I am constantly trying not only new products, but various combinations of new products to try to get my hair to a place that I want it. And I'm always sort of changing what it is I want, what products I'm using. And I'm so excited about this new one that we were introduced to called Lust Brands. They have a three-step system that works with all sorts of waves, curls, kinks, and coils. I especially really like their styling product, which has sort of all-in-one capabilities. Like it does the whole cream, gel, mousse, everything, the serum, all-in-one product, which is so nice because I'm definitely one of those people who is usually layering four different things in a very specific manner. And it's nice to have it all just be in one. So Lust Brands wants you to embrace your unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. The Lust Brands three-step system includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all-in-one styler that improves the health of your hair over time. Every product is dermatologist tested and approved with no harsh ingredients. And Lust Brands offers formulas that are tailored to the needs of wavy, curly, and kinky, coily hair types. So everyone can find what works for their hair. My hair loves less brands and yours will too. See for yourself why they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, our listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to lessbrands.com and enter promo code a thing or two. That's L-U-S brands with an S.com and promo code a thing or two. Don't wait, get 15% off with promo code a thing or two at lessbrands.com. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Time.
Jesse, did you bring some thingies for us? Did I bring some thingies for you? Oh my gosh. Are you <laughs> Please, <kidding>? of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> totally. And I should say, like, some of my favorite thingies have come from your newsletters. In fact, I feel like maybe every once in a while I just hit reply and I'm like, thank you for giving me X, Y, Z. Oh, like, for example, this isn't one of my thingies. Okay. Yes. So I don't want it to count. Yes. Okay. It's not right. Okay. But like the newsletter that you had over the summer where you suggested that we had been thinking of buying for our toddler for flying one of those cases that they can ride on in the airport and then you put mm-hmm. it in their feet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it yes. was like, to me, I was always like, I kept saying to my wife, why do we need to buy this? It's several hundred dollars. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. all that useful. It doesn't hold yeah. up. And then you all were, you just had the perfect hack. You're like, no, this, this is this inflatable version of it. It's yes. perfect. Which by the way, like I use as much as my son does. Cause sometimes I just sort of like lean on it. What's this thing again? <laughs> so it's basically a footrest. It is what it is. That That's wrong. That's glorifying it. It is an inflatable <laughs> rectangle. It is an inflatable <laughs> cube that is a rectangle, that is rectangularly shaped. And it is the per, it is the same height as the airplane seat so that your child can effectively have a flatbed because it sort of you fills put it in, in the space, space between, between the seat exactly and the and the tray table exactly the back, the seat the back, back of the, exactly yeah. and so okay. like your your child can like either just have a footrest or like you know depending on how long they are a flatbed i actually oh no i remember now my cam at one point was like curled up in his seat and I was trying to fall asleep. So I just put, and I was sitting in the middle seat and he was in the window and I just put my feet on his footrest. So I was sort of at a diagonal and it was a lovely sleeping experience for me. Everybody wins. Yeah. Do I need one? Like, do <laughs> Maybe. I need one? It's really, really tiny and and lightweight. And, and what Jesse is referencing is I think maybe Stoka makes it. I'm not sure, but there is like a, a little, like it's a suitcase, right, Jesse? Yeah, it, it is. And it works. It can work as a stroller inside an okay. airport. Yes. And even as I describe it, I sound like I'm recommending it when I myself can't actually make a case for spending that kind of money mm-hmm. on that kind of gadget that has a very limited use case and is slightly large. Whereas like an inflatable rectangle, forget planes. Imagine all the other places you could in your life. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. Right. But my thing is, you all, okay, yes, please. So let's stay on the, the subject of kids for like mm-hmm. one more second. And you have referenced it on this show before, but I have been potty training for the better part of 18 months with mm-hmm. my son, who is three and a half, mm-hmm. which is about 17 and a half months longer than I planned to be in this stage. <laughs> and I have become very fond of the potet, which yes. is this little plastic potty with legs that you can you can flip all the way out so it can go on a restaurant potty or you can flip down so that it can be on a road trip, but like sudden potty on the side of the road or, or in the sidewalk in. at an intersection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've been there for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know what? And it's not even, at least where I live in New York city, it's not even considered gauche to bring it out and put your kid on it. You can pretty much do it. Oh, anywhere. I've done it absolutely everywhere. Right. Everywhere. I remember in LA having lunch with a friend and the friend left, got in her car and we like turned the corner from the restaurant. And before we got in the car, we we're like, Cam, you need to go to the potty right now. And two minutes later, I get a phone call from the friend who we just left. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? Like, did you leave something? And she's like, I just watched you and I was just put down that potty and I was just so <laughs> impressed. It was like a military operation. It was like efficient. It was everybody knew what they were doing and you were like in and out and I loved it. And I was like, yeah, that's how it goes. 
I think it's so sensational that I'm going to be, I'm going to be in trouble when he ages out of it. I don't know when one ages out of it because we're not, I don't think that we're close to that yet, but there will Mm -hmm. be a day when I can't just be like, oh, we got to handle this problem. Here you go. Where we I feel the same exact way when you actually have to leave what you're doing and go stand in line at a bathroom. It's terrible. Sounds terrible. I think that that thing can come camping into the beach into whatever for a pretty long time. Yeah. Like anywhere where you know that it's going to be like bathroom access is going to be half mile down the boardwalk or whatever. Or on an 18 hour road trip to Tupelo, Mississippi, which is now something on the regular. So you got to be ready for that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You haven't lived until you've peed in the front yard of a church in Hollywood, Alabama. Amazing. Uh, thingy number two. I'm trying to think about which direction to go. For, well, thingy number two. I am a huge fan of something called the click chair. Mm. It is. Have you heard of this before? No. Okay. No. So, you know, these fold up chairs, I bought one in 2020 from REI for it was on sale. So it was like 40 bucks. And I was so proud of it. Oh, and it gets mm-hmm. really small and I love it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then my wife was like, no, but we have to have the click chair. And I was like, as you can tell, like some of my role in the family, this is a similar sounding story. But I was like, why do we need that? It's $100. My REI chair was like $40. But this thing, y'all, this thing folds into, you can't see my fingers, but I'm, I want to say it's like eight inches right there. Like a mini umbrella. A little tiny tube. And it weighs less than two pounds. You can throw Whoa. it in your purse. And the wonderful thing about it is it flips up. It's really easy to flip up and to flip down. And unlike my REI chair, which sits very low to the ground, it's it's fairly high up. So my mother, who is elderly and has knee issues, like I can have it in my purse and I can pull it out for her on the side of like my kid's game and she can sit easily in it. It just goes everywhere and does everything. Like if you need to sit next to your kid while he's using the potet, pull out the (laughs) wow, wow, one, right? And they both bring your purse, right? This is this is so good. I this like use case of it, you know, being for someone who maybe needs to take from a break from walking or yes. whatever. You don't know where you're going to be. Maybe you're like waiting in line somewhere and someone needs to sit down. This feels like a great answer for that. It just also it feels to me like there are more and more places where I could use to sit for a few minutes. I mean, if it's side of a basketball game, if it's the beach, we spent a lot of time at Jacob Reese this summer, like just easy. Click chair yes. needs to do some activations at the voting lines this November. Ooh, right. Excellent the idea. Places. They need to they need a supreme collaboration. Those people are waiting in line all day. That's true. Like the hobby. True. Like, we're going to see we're gotten gonna, on this thing. Y'all. ALD, <laughs> Kith, all of it. ALD, Kith and your local polling station. That's where the collapse are. That's where they're activating. I love this and I want this and I want to just keep a couple in the back of our car like in the trunk or something well it feels like i should be packing it in my suitcase along with my patagonia houdini Mm -hmm. and our little like muji umbrellas or whatever like these all feel like they they all suddenly my suitcase is full in in making this list but like they all feel like should there be another pandemic and you suddenly find yourself needing to live out of your suitcase you could live a very long time with that small set of things you just (laughs) exactly and i will be dry yes i will be dry yeah yes (laughs) I want to get this for like a concert for I want to get it for a lot of things. It's very. Yeah, really good for outdoor concerts. Really good for outdoor concerts. Genius. Okay, I have more thingies moving off of gadgets. So I'm a journalist. I read everything as much as I can all of the time. But the anchor of my reading, and I know that y'all are fans too, is definitely Anne Helen Peterson. Yes. Her newsletter, Culture Study. Yes. She, you know, she was an academic and you can tell 
because mm-hmm. she's yes. rigorous when she decides to think about something. Mm-hmm. She goes high and she goes low. She goes deep and she goes shallow. And she packages all of that together. And she's constantly putting rails around things that I'm thinking. Like, I'll have the thing where I'll be like, gosh, you know, my friend Heather is really, you know, it just seems like life is not set up to let her succeed. Like, I don't understand why she's doing all the right things. And then, bam, there's Ellen Helen Peterson with like 3,500 words on why society and economy are not set up and structured to allow single people to thrive. And it's not their fault. It's it is the culture and the economy mm-hmm. and, and the structure of tax laws. And oh, things gosh, like that that right? she'll get into that. Yeah. You're like, yes, thank right. you for this, like very baseline understanding of these things. Or her her recent deep exploration of wealth and the nature and meaning of wealth mm-hmm. and how what we think about when we think about wealthy, which is a little bit of the bling bling yes. versus yep. what we really mean when we think about wealthy, mm-hmm. which is that you come from the kind of background that means that you have safety nets in place that mm-hmm. a lot of people can't expect. And she pairs that with an explanation of like what happened just after World War II in this country, which I'm just going to tell y'all is not at the tip of my tongue on any given day. Like that is not information yes. that's like sitting in my head. Same, right? same. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I loved her her dive recently into unequal partnerships, mm-hmm. you know, at home. And I had two different conversations with friends the weekend after that came out where I was definitely just reciting things that I had learned from that. I read it aloud to my husband one night and it just led to that interesting conversation of like, do you feel like our partnership is equal and in what ways and in what ways not? Yeah. That's productive, too. It's good good starting points, basically, too. She also did a really great series on how child-free people can be good friends to their friends with children. And then next did how people with children can be better friends to their friends without kids. It was an open thread. Yes. It was one of her, like, Tuesday or Friday threads. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And I read her threads in a way that surprises Mm -hmm. me. Yes, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, yeah. But you know why I do? It's because it's it's common currency in conversation. And by the way, it is it is gender specific. I feel like I constantly mm-hmm. say to male colleagues, oh, you know, I read Anne Helen Peterson on what? And despite the fact that I just talked about her two months ago, they'll be like, now who? And that's not across the board. But I also know that when I'm speaking with like smart female colleagues and like people out doing interesting work, mm-hmm. they probably read her. Right, right, right. God, it's so depressing that men yeah. don't, that that's... Ugh. And I should say not all men, but it is like sure. it's not even depressing <laughs> so much as a result of our filter bubbles, which is the, yeah. you know so much of the challenge of, you know, the way that we get information right now. Yeah. And I say that. And also, I am just so glad she's doing the work she's doing. And I feel like we also have to offer up her the low as a as a partner to the high, which is that she also did a really big deep dive into the celebrity culture of Peloton and like how Peloton oh, yeah. has, has modeled themselves off old school Hollywood studio model. So it's not all just, you know, gender dynamics and economic inequality. There's also <laughs> stuff like that in case anybody needed that cell. Peloton also gets into gender dynamics yes, absolutely. and economic inequality totally. too. True, true, true. <laughs> Very true. Her curiosities are everywhere and mm-hmm. they match my own. I'm just going to say I spent a lot of time on Peloton and with Peloton and yes. Peloton Media Company. And, you know, she also is a person who you referenced her her work around how people with children and how people without children mm-hmm. are empathetic toward each other and are in community in real ways with each other. And she writes a ton about parenting. And it's some of my favorite stuff because, y'all, she does not have children. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she is thinking about it through a wider lens, which is that children are critical to our culture, to humanity, to society. And we call to everyone's experience. We collectively need to think about what it means to raise them well and how to support people who are doing that firsthand. At the same time as she's like, this is a political choice of mine not to have children. And I respect it so much. And I also think it like it is the timing is just spot on because I think that there's this thing that happens for maybe for men too, but certainly for women in the like back half of their 30s and into their 40s, where where basically like you're on the hook to prove yourself in every dimension and mm-hmm. you are fed the line that you like you need to be a parent. And if you don't want that, and if you for whatever reason don't do that, you are unrealized as a person. And I am a parent, but a little bit of a last moment parent. Mm-hmm. I, until I was 42, had no intentions of having children. And I love my children, mind you, despite the potty training thing. I think that they're just excellent. But I also am 100% certain that I would have loved my life just as much without children. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the way that Anne makes it okay to talk about that. Agreed. Totally, totally, totally. Is that all my thingies? No, I have another thingy. Yeah, this thingy like goes right back to the book, which is in the signature of your email, add your pronouns. Add your pronouns, even if you don't really know what it means that you're adding them, because if you add them, you will, in some respect, figure out what it means over time. Because when you add them, even if you are like me, cisgender, and those pronouns are she, her, hers, what you're saying is like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a safe person to be your most authentic version of yourself with. Mm. And you're saying that to people for whom that authentic version of themselves goes far beyond gender affiliation or even sexuality. Mm. You're you're flagging the fact that like whoever you are is okay in my book. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing. It's so easy to do. Also free, totally free. That's a really good framing of this. It's a great framing um, of it. Yeah, super effective. Hey, can we ask you one question before we go? Oh, please. Because you, you know, podcast about work stuff and and get into that whole world. What is your current temperature taking on the whole like return to office conversation? Oh, I love the return to office conversation. Please. I think that we have come nowhere close to figuring out what a proper model for hybrid work is, right? Yes. Structurally know what it looks like. We don't know where you're supposed to pay your taxes. We we, maybe we can figure out the immediate like how to get work done. But how do you do any future thinking or forward projecting around what work should become? We don't know logistically how we're supposed to manage and train people in a world where we can't see them and be with them. And we ca- we haven't even begun to like take measure of the ways in which trust has eroded between people simply because they haven't shared space with each other. We don't even mm-hmm. have language for that yet, right? Mm-hmm. Like just the mm-hmm. beginning of that. So it feels to me like the moment that we're in, in the fall of 22, is we're coming out of crisis. Like 20 was crisis. 21 was crisis too, although we pretended it was crisis-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, whether it was crisis for you or your immediates from a health perspective, for office culture, it was crisis. Nobody yes. knew what was going on. Yes. And now we're moving into a world where we're going to begin to see the, like, the rigor laid out. And it will be industry specific and geography specific. There are places where it makes more sense to be in person. From what I understand from reading Emma Goldberg in the New York Times, and I just, I think she's excellent. If you live in small town or medium town America, you've probably been going back to an office for a while. Yes. 
And my friends in those places have. Um, yeah, some of right? them since like summer, fall of 2020. Yeah, completely. If you live in a big urban place where your commute was always a bear and where you are on top of each other when you leave your house, well, then that equation is different. And so those are the urban centers that are relying on the tax dollars of these big corporations. And like, what does that do? Right. Well, and companies are paying rents. Yeah. The rent, those high rents. Yeah. Right. And a lot of those companies are still locked into those high rents, right? Exactly. Like the these, Goldman, like, the whole Goldman situation. Yeah. And what we're going to see those leases come come due. We're going to we're going to mm-hmm. see some sort of evolution. And now, like right now, what you see is companies like practically begging people to come to work. Those companies that are in a, a sort of well-off spot with the massages and free lunches and like, you know, what can we give you to make work feel fun? But also like we are we're in a spot where the economy is totally questionable. Jobs are disappearing. Layoffs are for real. Lots of people are experiencing them beyond just startups where we kind of saw them begin to trickle out first. I saw something cross my desk today that said that we had a, it was an economist projection that said that we had about a 30% chance of going into recession in the next 12 to 18 months. Trying to project a recession is like trying to predict if it will rain in the next couple of years. Probably can't tell you when, but you certainly feel the fear of that all around you. Yes. And that will also change things, right? Like businesses will stop with the fancy perks, decide what they're going to do about the office and demand that you show up or not. And the other thing is we are going to find out if the fact of your hybrid hiring makes you more vulnerable when it's time to cut talent. We don't know the answer to that yet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't done this before. Yeah. I really liked the piece that Delia Kai wrote for Vanity Fair about this and just basically the conver- the like big factor of the managerial class um, in all of this. And if there's a if there's a large class of managers whose job it is to check in on people and see that they're doing their work, well, they want you back in an office because that job doesn't exist over Zoom. But if there isn't, then maybe it's not as important to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse, this was delightful. Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody pick up the family outing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, y'all. And I look forward to you. Many, many more conversations in the future. Same. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for our secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.